It should be obvious that we cannot solve a crisis with the same methods that got us into it in the first place. This is a last chance saloon. Because if we don't really take the decisions that are vital now, it's going to be almost impossible to catch up. We will end the moratorium on extracting our huge reserves of shale, which could get glass flowing as soon as six months. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon is tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter Series 4 Fool's Gold. I'm Ian Collins and this is the UK's number one environment-based podcast. If it's green, it is in. As we record this episode, the sunshine is with us. We find ourselves sitting on a veranda in Bromley, enjoying some South London rays and a swift pina colada. How's yours tasting, Dale? Morning. Mine tastes a lot like green tea. Does it really? Yeah, it's funny (laughs) that, isn't it? Yeah, I just didn't have enough to go around. It's all it was. Um, Let's start off here. I love this story. I say I love it for all the the, the right reasons, I hope. Um, Carbon offsetting and greenwashing is something we have talked about a lot on the program. And we know there are some pretty bold characters in this world. Yeah, we've got a couple of stories here uh, rolled into one, haven't we? We've got UK authorities coming out and saying that they look set to ban greenwashing in effect the the use of carbon offsets in advertising claims about being carbon neutral carbon friendly planet friendly all all this kind of stuff i mean there's a whole proliferation of terms being used now by greenwashers and that looks like it may come to an end if it's predicated on carbon offsetting and at the same time there's a massive carbon offsetting company based in uh, in the US. They were at the center of a scandal a few weeks ago when they were accused of selling something like a billion dollars worth of meaningless carbon credits and yes. the boss just quit. So yeah. these two stories to me they look they look well aligned actually. Cuz he was um, a dick, that's why. I mean it's <laughs> well, kind of as well. simple as that really. I don't know what point they thought I think we can get away with it. Well, yeah, and, and carbon offsetting has been around since the 90s, right? I first bumped into it then after I just started uh, Ecotricity, and I never liked it. I n- never liked it at all because, it, you know, it's like, a, it's like an excuse for not doing what you need to do, is which, which is reduce Correct. your carbon emissions. And it yeah, kind of yeah, gives, yeah. you know, it gives people a kind of a, an easy pass, right? You know, yes. just, just offset your guilt by, um, you know, uh, paying a bit Yeah, I've, I've, I've polluted the shit out of this town, but don't worry, I've bought a cactus. So <laughs> you know, that doesn't really kind of work. I've noticed in supermarkets as well, there's a lot of food manufacturers just selling stuff in green packaging and things like that. These are kind of very sort of subtle ways of making you think you're getting something. Mm-hmm. Unless you buy a green salad, of course, then that is fair <laughs> enough that it's in a green pack. It's true. But you take my point, though, there's a lot of that going on. So in the seed, that there's something more environmentally friendly about these particular fish fingers. Yes because we've changed the packet to green. Yeah, agreed. And actually, you reminded me, somebody sent me a report this week. Uh, it's been written by a bunch of trading standard officers that set up their own kind of group to look into plant-based labeling. And uh, they've basically written this advice for all trading standards officers, which is uh, fairly crazy at its heart. It says that uh, they shouldn't allow the use of kind of names that are similar to milk or meat or cheese or that kind of stuff. Anything that's intentionally misspelled or sounds the same shouldn't be allowed. They're saying because like dairy products, for example, have distinct nutritional profiles and uh, plant-based alternatives might be different. And and basically, I mean, it confuses the hell out of me because they're saying that uh, plant-based foods must make clear that they're not dairy, but they can't use terms like not milk or not dairy or... And I'm like, well, how are they meant to do it then? 
There's a lot of this going on, isn't there? And it's, it might get worse before it gets better, perhaps, in that respect. <laughs> Probably. Most things do. Uh, here's a question from Rupert. It says, guys, I sent you a story about the sales of vegan food stagnating in the UK. Is there a revision of vegan food ongoing? We've seen the prices go up more rapidly than meats during the cost of living crisis. Do you also think veganism has become politicized? A few things to tuck into there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. And, uh, you know, I, I read a few of the comments from the Vegan Society. I think they're right. I think uh, there's been a bit of a rush to the market, a bit of hype around vegan products. Lots of people piled in. Oatly, for example, don't just make like oat milk. They, they started making ice cream and they've withdrawn that. And so I think you've, you've got on the one hand a crowded marketplace. On the other hand, you've got a cost of living crisis. And these products have been premium priced, which is wrong because plants are cheaper than animals, right? So I think you've got a combination of factors, cost of living crisis, crowded marketplace, uh, a lot of hype around vegan products. And, and it just looks like a correction to me. It doesn't look like the end of the world yeah agreed uh here's a headline is it too late to stop deep sea mining what's going on here well, that's really interesting. There's been this this body talking about this for 30 years, based somewhere in the Caribbean. Uh, I think they're called the ISA, and they've been talking about deep sea mining and and how it could happen in international waters and and so on and so on. Turns out there's a there's a kind of clause in their constitution that says they've got until July to make a decision. So uh, they're being told by the mining industry they either allow deep sea mining by July or it'll happen by default anyway. I mean that's like two months away. You know, so we, we could be two months away from a cataclysm uh, on, on the seabed because, you know, these guys want to strip the top 10 centimeters of the seabed, mash it to bits and extract metal from it. And that's where all the sea life lives, you know. And then these places on the seabed are so remote, so deep. We don't even know what they are, but we may be about to destroy them. Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? You'd think, in, you know, it goes back to those kind of, I wonder what happened in the board meeting when someone said this was a good idea. <laughs> That's right. It was a nobody around the table that went, are you sure we should be doing this shit? Well, and, and like these mining companies that are really pushing for just commercial interest, they're arguing that we especially need these minerals and, and metals for the renewable energy revolution, for example, for car batteries. But lined up against them, you've got big car manufacturers like Volvo, for example, and I think BMW. And so, you know, basically what they're saying is BS and they're just like looking for a way to make a book yeah of course um, we've had a lot of questions over the months on climate reparations and i spotted this story that fossil fuel firms that's not easy to say with this <laughs> pina colada it's easier than pheasant pluckers right that's very true apparently owe climate reparations of 209 billion a year yeah so uh 209 billion jumped off the page at me and then i saw per year and i thought i know yeah this is, this is grave stuff <laughs> well what's the deal here just explain dale if you could what, what is meant by climate reparations and who are they paid to and who from yeah so this uh this group i've never heard of before actually the climate accountability institute have done a study it's thought to be the first or at least the most in-depth version attempt at uh, putting a price tag basically on the climate crisis and attributing it to the oil majors based i guess on market share and how much of this stuff they've produced over the years and it's come up with this staggering figure of 209 billion per year but it excludes the cost of loss of life and loss of wildlife and some of these other kind of almost unfathomable issues. And so it's not even, it's not even the full cost of the climate crisis. It's very interesting because around the world, oil majors are being sued by people affected by the climate crisis, uh, including by US federal states, actually, they're being sued for having lied about the, uh, you know, the impact of, of their product for, for decades. They're being sued. And uh, somebody putting a price tag on it has got to be very interesting and more than a little bit worrying, I would have thought, if you're uh, an oil company or have shares in them. 
Question here from Stephen. Uh, Dale, long-time listener, absorbing your insights into the world of sustainable living, have you heard of Heat Geek? They train people to get the most out of their heat pumps, and it sounds like yours is woefully inefficient and expensive. Maybe get them round to take a look and make a video. Thanks for all you do. You inspire people like me to do more and take it up. Big divide in the room, of course, over heat pumps. Uh, your, your issue, Dale, has always been pretty simple. There's nothing wrong with the boilers we've got. It's just the crap that comes out of them that's the problem. <laughs> Keep the boilers, change the source. Yeah, simply change the gas in the grid, right? Boilers work. We don't have to replace them. But look, I'm not against heat pumps, actually. Uh, you know, I think there are circumstances where they can work. What I'm against is the idea that the answer to decarbonizing the heating of our homes is simply uh, walking away from gas and everybody having a heat pump because it's simply not feasible. There are something like uh, 20% of homes for which heat pumps simply cannot work ever. And there's another 20% that need major intervention. And then all heat pumps in all use cases will increase your household energy bill by around about 50%. I mean, that's the physics of it. If you look at the coefficient of performance and, and blah, blah, blah. We wrote a report about it attached to our green gas report from May last year, if anybody's interested. But basically, $300 billion for a national heat pump program, $50 billion for a national green gas from grass program. And, and that's, you know, for me, that's where it boils down. And just say, look, there's nothing wrong with heat pumps per se, but they are definitely not the best alternative that we have. But you, so you've got one, haven't you? I do, yeah. <laughs> Is it possible, though, from what Stephen's saying, you haven't read the instruction manual properly? <laughs> yeah, everything's possible, right? Have you plugged your in pipe into your out pipe <laughs> or some possible. shizzle like that? So I had my first heat yeah. pump more than twenty years ago. Um, yeah, yeah. And so you know, I kind of understand them a little bit. But I'll I'll take a look into Heat Geek. And you know, fundamentally, though, my experience of heat pump isn't what's driving this. It's the it's the data, the idea of a national program. When you crunch the numbers, we need to make three times as much renewable electricity to power our homes if we have heat pumps as we do if we have boilers and 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 stuff like that that's what it's all about i mean i know that heat pumps work they just aren't the silver bullet or the magic bullet to this to this issue that a lot of people say they are hi i'm mike graham from talk tv and i've been asked to tell you about green issues and a new book called manifesto it's brilliant apparently do you believe in climate change i don't do you believe we all need to find a greener way of living our lives? No, I don't either. I think it's all a load of guff perpetuated by loony lefties and eco-zealots hell-bent on causing a nuisance. Do you believe we're all killing our beautiful planet? No, neither do I. But I know a fellow who does. His name's Dale Vince. He's so convinced he's written a whole book about it called Manifesto. The Battle for Green Britain. It's part memoir, part handbook for changing the world and shaking it up, apparently. I won't be buying it. But you can, if you want to waste your hard-earned cash. It's $4.99. Pretty cheap, isn't it? You must be wealthy as hell. According to this script, it's available now from fgr.co.uk forward slash shop. Great headline here. Share prices of the big polluters fall after climate lawsuits. And we're seeing more and more climate lawsuits. And I guess it stands to reason if there's more of the headlines like that, then people will go, why am I investing in these yeah, we just mentioned that, didn't we, in, in this story about the uh, the two hundred nine billion estimated uh, reparation cost compensation, yeah. let's call it, you know, from the oil companies to the people most affected by the climate crisis. This is the kind of thing that is worrying shareholders and stock markets. And somebody's done a study uh, actually just to get into that and says, look, the the swing or the drop in share prices whenever there is a new lawsuit or a successful decision is between half and one and a half percent of the entire value of the company gets wiped off on the stock market. So 
I would file this in the category of, look, that's not a surprise, right? That the stock yeah. market re- reacts to legal challenges and, and, uh, and fines and stuff like that. That's not a surprise, but it's nice to see the data. Indeed. Jenny says, uh, you had a question the other day about AI or climate change. Which one is more dangerous? But do you actually think AI could be used to help fight climate change? Yeah, absolutely. I felt that coming when you were halfway through it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't see why not, because AI can be used and is being used to do some incredible things already examining MRI scans and and finding tumors at a success rate far higher than the human eye can or things that may develop into a tumor. AI is already doing incredible things. Uh, and this one, Peter, the animal rights organization um, charity. <laughs> I thought, who is this Peter? But now I know. I, I, I know, because everyone says Peter. Yeah. It is actually Peter. Is it? Oh, um, right. I'm in the category yeah. of everyone. I always say Peter. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they're fussed as long as we talk about them. And, it, and I'm always very happy to talk about them because they do some incredible work and, you know, hugely responsible for things like fur being banned on catwalks and goodness knows what else. And they, they've done huge stuff. Now they want the Gloucestershire cheese rolling event to use a vegan alternative. Yeah. And, and why not? Right. Because taste is an issue here. You just roll the f-ing thing down a hill. Is that these are the big things of where somebody gets clocked in the bonds by a massive piece of cheddar? Is that right? That's the one. Yeah, it's a great big wheel of cheese. No, get no, run over by your own cheese. Well, nobody actually ever catches up with it. They set the cheese off first, and then everybody else chases it, and it can reach seventy miles an hour, which is far faster than a human can go down a hill in one piece. So nobody ever catches the cheese. Uh, it's just a question of who gets to the bottom of the hill first, you know. But you know, some poor cow suffered in the making of that cheese. And Peter's point, Peter's point is, look, uh, just just have a vegan alternative. Yeah, I, it's a, a curious. I've seen some videos of this and. I, you know, each their own and all that sort of stuff. And I, I don't, it's like Morris dancing, you know, it's like, okay, if you want to do it, it's fine. But I just have this kind of image of, I don't know, a Jesus character sitting up on a cloud looking at the world that he made and orchestrated thinking, how the f*** did this bit go so wrong? We've got the, these people are rolling cheese down a hill. Yeah, I see it. What bit did I, do I need to rewire of the, in the system? <laughs> Yeah, I got it. Big eye roll from up above. Indeed. And Neil on Twitter says, I heard a guest say on Right Wing Radio the other day that global warming stopped 25 years ago. Is there any way we can make such misinformation or denial illegal? Uh, This does come up a lot, doesn't it? Because to go back to what our, our Lord Almighty or our maker gave us in terms of the incredible ingenuity of the human condition and our neurological systems allow us to invent and innovate, etc. Um, the ability to make a graph is both brilliant and the worst thing ever because <laughs> people f- around with those things. Have you noticed that? They like give you half a graph to look like a mm. whole graph or they yeah. take a segment from a graph. or, or they, they change the axis. They change, change the, the axis scale. of the graph. Yeah. And so yeah. the graphs is a, a den of mischief, frankly. And I think that's where these kind of stories come from. Because I, yeah. I get this on the radio. Whenever you've been on with me, we do a debate on this stuff. I can set my watch by it, Dale. Someone's <laughs> about to send me a graph. Oh, really? Brilliant. And uh, it's like the old adage, isn't it? There are lies, there are damn lies, and there are statistics. And uh, graphs. And, and graphs. Yeah, we have to add graphs to that, I think, the, the Ian version. But look, um, I, I saw this as well, the, this guy saying it stopped 25 years ago. He also said, and by the way, most of it's not, not man-made anyway. And um, I was thinking a couple of weeks ago that actually we should make it illegal in the way that we've made Holocaust denial illegal. 
we should make future Holocaust denial also illegal. And there's a better case for this, right? This isn't just about denying something happened in the past. If people deny the coming Holocaust of the climate crisis now, they're doing real harm to the rest of us because they they sow doubt and confusion and they can slow down the real action that we need to fight the climate crisis. So I say we should make this future Holocaust denial an actual crime. Yeah, indeed. Uh, That would make sense. And we know that some social media sites have been pretty good. They did it with COVID, didn't they, of of taking down Mm. some... And vaccine conspiracy theories. Yeah, I mean, but they—they're you know they're all the same people, Dale. That's the thing. The, the, the <laughs> yes. very same people. I mean, I'm not suggesting that that whole vaccine thing, they got 100% right by any stretch of the imagination, but nobody would. Or whether lockdowns were, you know, could have been done in a different way, blah, 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 you know, learning curves and all that. But they mm. are the same people. If you, if you meet one of the, the, the vaccine deniers, they are also the same person that will tell you that the hot weather is just a nice summer. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way they're wired, right? Or, or it's just where their lives have led them. Yeah, I think they are wired. I think that's the problem. <laughs> There's a bit of that going on. Uh, should we just give a mention to WOMAD while we are here, Dale? Oh, yeah, why not? Because uh, we're, we're back there again this year. Mm, yeah. After that incredible day we had last year, setting up a stage, and then suddenly, you know, hundreds of people arrived to, to, to look at us, well, to look at you on a stage. It's amazing. <laughs> Your song and dance routine was something I've never seen before. <laughs> yes, very rarely seen that. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, we, we've been doing um, sessions on stage at WOMAD for like some years. Jon Snow usually hosts them. It's always been great. A great crowd turns up and then we get a whole huge kind of Q&A participation and stuff at the end. Yeah, I mean, last year we did our first uh, live podcast episode from there on stage and it was great fun. It was amazing, and we're going to record another podcast again in exactly the same way. But what was uh, what was great was the questions that remember we were meant to do about half an hour, and we were there for about mm. two, yeah. because the questions just kept on coming, and you gave a bunch of books away and stuff, and the sun was shining. It was amazing. Yeah, it was brilliant, and it's like that. The you know the engagement from the audience is just incredible. I mean, Wayman is a wonderful festival, and the first time I went there, like many years ago, I just felt like I'd gone home. That I was just surrounded by friends and family. It was, a, it was a, an amazing and funny feeling all at the same time. Yeah, it's absolutely massive as well, isn't it? Because you know you, you you go to one particular bit that interests you, whether it's the poetry bit or something about eco fashion or the, the kind of stuff we were doing, but then you go to the other side of the field, and there's you know there's great food outlets and there's yeah. a fair and yep. there's yep. you know so there's the whole family thing it's it's huge and i think there's a lot of i mean it, it tens of thousands descend uh on on the weekend but there's a lot of people not aware of womad so you should get your tickets book it and come and see dale on stage on that i'm looking for the day it's terrible isn't it can't find the date <laughs> we'll mention it yeah. on the next podcast but I it's easily yeah it's in definitely in july it's definitely the saturday uh and if you google it you'll find out when it is Perfect. Nice one. Nice one. Good plug. Good vague plug. That's my style. A good vague. Yeah, vague plugs yeah. are where it's at, frankly. <laughs> Dale, we're speaking a week. Yeah, looking forward to it. Cheers. Have a good one. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, you can download this podcast from your podcast provider so you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there too. Really important bit, follow Dale on social media, twitter.com slash dalevince, facebook.com slash dalevince, and on Insta too. Zero carbon east off.